Guys, we're preaching today about the house of God. Everyone say the house of God. If you missed Pastor John's message last week, I can't encourage you enough. Get on YouTube, get on Spotify, uh, go and listen because I'm really bouncing off of it. But I just love uh, what he shared about the house of God. And so as I'm, I'm sharing, church and the house of God is the same thing. Gee, uh, we learned last week that um, the church was a place and then it was a person and then it became a people. And so church is not a building, right? Church is you and church is me. So why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, you are the church. Turn to the other person who you like that little bit least and say, I'm so sorry I didn't pick you. I still love you a little bit. And I think I say this regularly, but husbands always turn to your wife in that moment. I have made that mistake and I've heard about it on the car trip home. But anyway... Guys, I remember it like it was yesterday. I was in the car about 10 years ago. I'm on my way to go to C3 Powerhouse, Sunshine Coast, three premier circuit in Kiwana Waters in Queensland. And I gotta tell you, friends, I was so nervous. I remember thoughts going through my head. I, uh, like, are people gonna like me? Uh, am I good enough to be a part of this church? Uh, are people gonna know me because they may have seen me at parties and the old me and the bad me and the BC Dan? I, I remember I was so scared of, of uh, being judged or if I'm gonna belong or you know if Jesus will smite me if I go back to church. I, I was nervous and I remember it like it was yesterday, the butterflies in my tummy as I was driving to the house of God. And you have to understand for me, about three days earlier, I had a life-changing encounter with Jesus in my bedroom. And my story is, my brief version is, I grew up in church. I had the best parents you could imagine. I grew up knowing God, but I walked away from God. Uh, at the age of 14, I, 13, I began to wander away and turn my back on Him and stop going to church. And, and you know, four years, my, as sin does, it messed me up. I was an absolute mess of a person. By the time I hit 17, the, the darkest moment of my life, I was so broken. But I remember one night, I turn to God in my bedroom. It was an all-in or all-out moment. Now, if you know Dan Frecker, I'm quite all-in or all-out, right? Like, there's no middle ground with me. I'm not a grey person. I am black or white. I'm in or I'm out. And that night, in the darkest moment of my life, overwhelmed with hopelessness, depression, no purpose, so lonely, suffering with guilt. I hated, I know this sounds harsh, but I hated myself. I was so disgusted at who I'd become. And I'm in my bedroom. And I, I, I got this picture of Crossroads and I was about to go all in to, uh, what's that song? The bad way, the, the, the highway to hell, not heaven, if you know what I'm saying. I was about to go down a life of drugs and just, you know, I, I, I had the friends who were going there and I was ready because I just was at the end of myself. But I said to Jesus on this night, I was in my room and I said, Lord, if you are real, I need you to show me tonight. And the long story short, I'll have to tell you my full story if we've never met, but I had a life-changing encounter with the love of Jesus Christ. And can I tell you, I wept on my bedroom floor for two hours as I couldn't believe that God still loved me after all I had done. 
and I'm sitting there weeping. And you know, in my heart, I said, Jesus, I now know you are real and I am gonna follow you all the days of my life. And that was 11 years ago now. I haven't wavered from that. I went all in for Jesus Christ. Best decision I ever made. But that was a moment, right? But then came three days later. And pretty quickly I worked out, that's pretty hard to follow Jesus. Like, how do I pray? How do I read the Bible? So there, then we go back three days later, I'm in the car on the way to my parents' church, C3 Powerhouse. And, and I just will never forget, I walked in the door, so scared of getting judged, so scared of, as I said, people probably knew me uh, as this punk, but I walked in and I just will never forget the feeling of God's people just loved me. I was accepted in a moment. I I just felt loved by everyone. I remember that night I was sitting just like you are in church and I, I was worshipping and I encountered God just like I did in my bedroom. I, could, I then encountered Him in church. And then I heard a great message uh, that, that encouraged me. And, and you know, by the end of that night, I just had this moment. I said, you know what? I have just gone all in for Jesus, but I also need to go all in for church because something just switched in my mind that if I am going to make it to the end, if I'm going to follow Jesus all the days of my life, I can't do that journey alone. I need to be part of the house of God. I need people around me who are going to encourage me, help me, strengthen me, disciple me, keep me accountable, give me a little kick up the bum if I start going the wrong way or a pat on the back when I'm doing good. I, I, I had this moment and I said, God... And in my own heart, I went home that night and I said, I will be in church every single Sunday I physically can. Now, I meet a lot of new Christians. It's the joy of my life. I, I, is Sam Driscoll here? I didn't think I'd see him, but I remember the day he got saved. Uh, he might be serving in kids. He got saved in our church. Um, and this is what I love to encourage everyone out of my own story. But when, what I, I remember with Sam, I said, mate, if I can encourage you one thing, he just gave his life to Jesus. I said, mate, can I encourage you? I see your heart for God, but just be in church every Sunday. And I saw this great young man. I wish he was here today. He, he started to come to church every Sunday. Now, when he got saved, he came with six friends. And guess what? Those six friends did not come back the next week or the week after or the month after or now the year after. But guess who was in the house? Sam Driscoll. He kept coming to church. And I'm so proud of that young man because I've seen God transform his life but he went all in for Jesus, but also for church. And, and my advice I give to new Christians, whenever I get the chance, I say, make a commitment from today forward. I know today you've committed to Jesus, but can I encourage you, friend, make a commitment to church too. And because I share that, not because I'm a pastor. Can I tell you why I share that? Because that's my story. From that moment, I was 17. I committed to the house. I was there every Sunday. Do you know, it was quite quickly, I, I joined a connect group. It was actually quite quickly, I started leading a connect group. And this is funny because I didn't know any of the Bible really, except from what I learned in kids' church. And so I was still working a few things out uh, while I was trying to teach the kids uh, in my connect group, like whether it was Jesus or was it Moses who died on the cross. I couldn't remember. I didn't know. Uh, you know, I was trying to like, where do you start reading the 
Bible. Oh, maybe Leviticus is a good place to start. Like, I don't know. But you know what I love? I love as I look back on myself, I was on fire. I just went all in. I said, hey, where do you need me to serve? Do you know within six months, I was on about six different teams. I was on the youth team, the new people team, the chaperone team. Uh, you know, I've done every team you can imagine in church. I was, I've cleaned the toilets. I've put waters out for the pastors. I've, I've looked after creche. Oh my goodness. Can we just thank God for the creche team? Changing nappies. Oh, yeah. yeah I just love it on them. I've done you know, so quickly I just got in. Do you know what happened as I began to be in a connect group, as I began to serve, I started to make friends. And to this day, the greatest friends I have in my life, the people who are on the altar with me when I got married, guess who they were? People I met in church. I, I, I began to meet this pretty girl named Ebony Newman. And she quite quickly put me in the friendship zone. <laughs> Who hates the friend zone? I don't know, but yeah, <laughs> Vito, were you in there, my friend? How'd you get out? <laughs> I still don't know how I got out, but anyway. Uh, but I met my wife in church. I, and you know, as I look back, I discovered my giftings in church. I discovered my purpose in the house of God. Yeah. I grew in my walk with God. I, I began to learn how to pray. I learned how to read the Bible. Do you know everything? So much of who I am today has been shaped by the house of God. And once again, I'm not talking about a building. I'm talking about the people who are the church. I attribute so much of my world to that. And, and as I as I kept getting planted and going deeper and deeper. See, you and I, and I'm going to talk about this today, uh, we, we get to choose how planted we are in church. There's like a, if you picture a big tree and there's the root system, you and I get to choose, are we going to be the, the shallow root or are we going to really plant myself and my family in the house? And as I, my, my roots went deeper and deeper, guess what I discovered? Every single area of my life just started to get the favour of God. My, my university studies, my relationships, the, the wisdom to get out of the friend zone, the, 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 my finances, my calling, my career, my family, every area of my life started to flourish. And I want to read to you, here's my key verse today. If I could tell any Christian, if you could only memorise 10 scriptures, this would be one of them, because there is such a powerful secret in this. Are you ready? Yeah. Psalm 92. Verse 13, they are planted, everyone say planted, in the house of the Lord and they flourish in the courts of our God. What is this telling us? If you and I find where God wants us to plant ourselves, and if this is your home, this is where God wants you to plant yourself uh, and maybe you're still on that journey. But once you find where God wants you to plant, what you do is you, you put your roots in deep, plant yourself, plant your family, plant your children. I love people like Ben and Emily Owen with three wonderful daughters. It's not just Ben who's planted, it's not just Emily, but they have planted as a family in the house of God. They're at the prayer meeting, they're, they're serving on the team, they're in groups. And do you know what? The Bible says this, if you and I plant ourselves, those who are planted will flourish in the courts of our God. And this is my story. I don't feel I've ever been anything special or ever been more gifted than anyone. Or, you know, to be honest with you, I was an incredibly average person, which I love. But what I did is I fell in love with Jesus Christ and I fell in love with the house of God. I went all in and that decision transformed my life forever. That's my story and that's my testimony. And that's why I love to share this with whoever I can. 
See, I'm not a pastor. Uh, sorry, I'm not. Um, I don't love church because I'm a pastor. I believe I'm actually became a pastor because I love church. I love the house of God, and I have ever since that moment. I was a 17 year old punk who had no friends. Ouch! Why'd you laugh at that? Are you ready to for this? Listen to this. To the degree of which you were planted is the degree with which you will flourish. If this word is true, if you and I believe the Bible and those who are planted will flourish, well, to the degree you and I will plant ourselves where God has us, that is the degree that we will flourish. And I love this thought because for me, the house of God changed everything. And I, I love that last week we learned from Pastor John about Jesus's heart for the church. And I, I, you know, I think about this. Give me a wave, those who are married. Okay, all right. Give me a wave, those who are single, and just not just your hand and look around and see if you like anyone. No, no. All right, married people. Imagine this. Imagine if you met someone and they tried to become your friend and they really liked you. They were kind to you. I'm talking to the husbands right now. They were nice, but then they start to not like your wife, right? They start to talk badly about your wife. Like, I don't know about you, but for me, I'm prickly, pretty quickly going to be booting that punk out of my life, right? Like, if you want to love me, you need to love Ebony. And if you don't love Ebony, I'm not too interested in being your friend because we are a package, people. We are married. And do you know that Jesus said, is this at the church, the house of God, it is the bride of Christ. And if we love Jesus, we need to love the house of God. And if we love the house of God, we love Jesus. I have found that being now in my own life and being a pastor, it's very hard to love Jesus if you don't fall in love with His bride, which is the church. Who is Jesus coming back for? It's the church. Who is Jesus so passionately interceding on behalf of? It is the church. And every day the church expands as people come to know Christ. But I got to tell you, Jesus loves the church. It says this in John 2:17. Uh, this is when Jesus, man, I love this story. He went to, to the temple, right? Man, who thinks like Jesus is nice, right? But this story, I just crack up because he goes into the house of God and this is when he's on earth. And he discovers that people have turned it into a business place, a marketplace. They, they, they've, they've distorted the house of God. They haven't made it the gateway of heaven. They've made it how do they make money. So what does Jesus do? Nice Jesus. He gets a whip, people. And he goes into the house of God and starts whipping uh, people and chasing them out of the church. And they said, my house will be a house of prayer. How dare you turn the house of God into a den of thieves. And then he, and then, and then then we read here, his disciples after this, after the whipping incident. Oh, I find that so funny. They said this, his disciples remembered, it is written, zeal. Everyone say zeal. zeal. What zeal mean? It's passion. Passion for your house has consumed me. See, Jesus Christ was passionate. He was obsessed. He was zealous for the church. For the house of God. Why? Because that's the people of God. It's so important. And we read this in Matthew 16, verse 18. Jesus said this, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Do you know the only thing Jesus Christ said He would build is the church. It's the house of God. And if you and I, as I've discovered for me, the more I become like Christ, the more I fall in love with Jesus, 
the more I fall in love with building the house of God. Because I don't know about you, I don't wanna spend my life building something that Jesus isn't building. He is building the church and I wanna come into partnership with Him and say, Lord, I'm gonna build what you're building. Because the vision of the church is the vision of Jesus Christ, to go into all the world and to make disciples, to populate heaven and plunder hell. I don't know about you, but there's not much else I wanna give my life towards than seeing the great commission and the gospel advance. Amen? Amen. Why don't we give God some praise for that? If you're passionate about seeing people come to Christ, I love the house of God. Jesus is building His church. And what I have found in my life is that I commit myself, if we commit ourselves to building the house of God, He builds our house. Eb and I have found this, like I have, oh man, hundreds of stories where, where I have had a big need in my life, whether it's financial or, or it's in my marriage or it's in my, uh, you know, a family member suffering and, or whatever it is. And, and I've been, my, my hands been to the plough building the church. And of course we use wisdom here, but what I have found is as I build the house, God's building my house behind my back. He's flourishing me. And we never miss out putting God first when we build the church, when we love the house, when we're planted, it's good seed in good soil. And I've found in my life that He has built my house. So what does this mean for you? What does this mean for you? You've heard my story, but what's your story? Where, where are you right now in regards to the house of God? Is this your home or are you looking for a home? But I wanna ask you, how deep are your roots in the house God's called you to plant in? And I don't ask that, that we like, this is, this is just between us and God. We're all on a journey. But let's, let's look within today. Because what I have discovered this, this isn't a message just for pastors or for leaders. No, no, no. This is a message for believers. This is a message for all of us. And I want to ask you, what does this look like? in the house of God? What does this look like for a single mom who, who's uh, working her, her, uh, as hard as she can just to provide for her family? What does this look like for a young family right now that has all these young kids and, and there's, there's soccer here and there's basketball here and there's this there? What, what does this look like for someone who's retired and has more space? Like, what does this look like? Well, I've discovered this. It's not so much about the exterior, but the interior. It is in our heart. Is your heart and my heart all in for the house of God? And I have found that through every season, the time commitment we can give will, will come and go. As I said, that's seasonal. The, the exterior can change. But what I'm talking about here is the interior. In the season God has you in right now, which is unique to the season God has me in, my question is, how deep is your roots into the house? Because for me, as I said, this is a heart thing. Is your heart all in for Jesus and His church? Or are you maybe one step in and one step out? And wherever we are, we might be two steps out just peeking in. It's okay wherever we are on our journey. But what I would love to encourage you to do today through the Word of God, this is what I felt God wanted me to share on, is how you and I can just take that one further step to getting planted further. And I say this because I love you enough to, to know that as we do this, you and your family will flourish. And I want you to think about this. Church is like a family. Everyone say family. Family. 
family. I heard a story about a husband, and he was a bit of a lazy husband. He was he was um, he loved his Xbox, right? He, he loved his video games. He loved his his twisters, twisties, twisties. He loved you know he's, you can picture him. He, you know maybe a bit of a beard growing, a bit of a dirty dirty shirt on, and and uh, he comes home from work and he lo- you know and one day he's playing Xbox and he notices his poor wife is quite stressed. His wife is quite busy, you know, she's doing the dishes, she's cooking the this, this schmuck dinner, she's, she's, uh, she's done, you know, she's just come from the laundry, she's clean. And, and this husband's like had this moment of mercy and said, you know what, sweetheart, I want to tell you a secret. I haven't been telling you because it's a secret. And she leans in and says, what do you, what do you want to share? And he's like, you know what, I want to tell you about this magic bench. I just put all my dirty clothes on this bench I put my dirty dishes on this bench and magically within 24 hours, they're just gone. They're clean. And of course, the wife turns around with a big smack on his head and said, that's because I clean it, you lazy beep. Uh, And so this isn't, I'm not talking about Abby and I here, of course. I hope I'm not talking about you too. But but what is a family? A family, come on, like wives, help me out here. Who do you know? Our husband, you know, we all need to contribute, right? And, And that's what I found the difference between a friend and a family. If you're in the family, we contribute. And I know for me, like, you know, Ebony would be quite upset if she does everything because I'm part of the family. I'm not just a, uh, I'm just not a receiver. I'm not just a consumer. I am a contributor. I need to build the vision of this family. I need to help look after the house. And, you know, one day when we have kids, everyone's like, are you going to have kids? I'm like, yeah, because I'd love some help mowing the lawn. (laughs) Because they're part of the family. You know, three years old, you're ready, mate. Just go do the lawn. That's dangerous. I don't care. Just joking. That's, that's not good. Family, we contribute. You hear us say every time, when you walk through these doors, I love it. You are loved and you belong. We are a family here. Our house, our church, we are God's people, a family. And what I really want to encourage us here today is to go on a journey because sitting in the house of God, we are either going to be in our heart and our mind, we're going to be either a consumer or a contributor. A consumer comes to church, which this, once again, we're all on a journey, but the mindset of a consumer is I'm coming today to receive and to get, and it's what about others can do for me and, and my walk with God and, and my coffee order. And look, the, per, the honest truth is, hey, as I said, maybe three is a bit young. When, when you get born, you don't have to do the, the, you know, you don't have to do the dishes straight away. There's a, there's a season as you grow up. And so there is a perfectly good season for everyone in the house of God as we first come to Christ. It is okay to be a consumer and, and, and to receive. But my encouragement for all of us, speaking to myself, that has, a, that has an expiration date. Because the, the challenge, if we stay in that consumer, we stay in quite a shallow level of planting ourselves, And we will actually find we get stuck in our walk with God because we are called to become like Jesus Christ. And what was the number one thing Jesus Christ did? He came to this world to serve. He didn't come to receive, but to give. If the more we become like Jesus, the more we serve others. And what I want to encourage us, is a mindset shift for us to go from a consumer in the right season to a contributor. 
A contributor comes to the house of God and says, I'm here and I know I'm going to get something out of this, but I also want to make this a great experience for other people. I'm here because I want to meet my friends and my connect group and have a good time, but I also want to keep an eye out for someone who's new so I can love them and include them. A consumer comes and says, yes, I want to grow in my walk with God, but I realise that it is best done together. So how can we all grow in our relationship with Jesus? And I want to encourage us. This is a hard attitude. And what I've found, this is once again, this is like tithing. It does not make sense. The Bible says his ways are higher than our ways. Oh man, who's a logical thinker here like me? It drives me nuts sometimes. But he says this, he says, uh, as we, it's like the more we, I've found in my journey, the more I actually give, the more I receive. And the, the, the trick is to not get stuck in the lie that if I start to contribute, I won't receive anymore. I have found the absolute opposite to be true in my world, that the more I serve, the more I give, the more I love others, the more I, I come to the house of God and bring people with me, the more that I have found that I, my walk with Christ goes to new strength, to new strength. And I go home with the biggest smile on my face and it's my favourite day of the week. Why? Because I'm part of the house of God. I'm going to give us three questions in the negative two minutes I have. Uh, <laughs> is this okay if I keep going? Are you enjoying this? Come on. Ebony's not here, so I'm going to bit over time. Uh, all right. Number th- three questions I want to ask you. Number one, if your heart is here today and you're saying, Dan, I want to be planted. Dan, I want my roots to grow deeper. I, I don't just want to be a consumer, but a contributor. My first question is this. Who are you called to love? Jesus says this, John 13, 34 to 35 in the Word of God, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. And it doesn't just stop there. Just as I have loved you, also love one another. Oh, my brain just like can't comprehend that as Jesus loves us, that love that drove them to the cross to die. The Bible says there's no greater love than a friend who would lay down his life for another. That same love, Jesus said, I don't want you just to receive that love from me, but in that same intensity and measure that I love you, I'm giving you a commandment to love one another. My question is, who are three to five people in this church, if this is home for you, that you can just relentlessly love? It might be three to five people in your connect group. God might put someone on your heart today. But can I tell I'm talking about really loving them. I'm talking about uh, praying for them. I'm talking about giving them the best hug they've had all week, uh, even if they don't like hugs uh, and they're of the same gender. Uh, and I'm talking like, I'm talking, are you encouraging them during the week? Are you there for them in their dark moments? Are you bringing a meal for them when they, when they have surgery? Who are those three to five people? And I love this thought because if you're pretty good at maths, we're working out, if we all loved three other people, we have our arms great and wide open as a church ready for God to bring more in. Because not just do pastors and leaders love the people, but God is saying, no, no, let's love one another. Who are you called to love? I want you to think of three to five people. And I, and I love that Jesus has this huge theme all through the Bible that how you love another person is actually so linked to how much we love Jesus. Yeah. He actually says that how you treat the least of these is how you treated me. We can't love Jesus and not love people. 
And so I encourage us to be people who love others. Let's come to the house of God every Sunday. I'm going to have a great time, but I'm going to love other people. And if you ever want to shout someone a coffee, I will receive that in the name of Jesus. Okay. Number two, who are you bringing? Everyone say bringing. Psalm 122 verse 1 says, I was glad. Everyone give me a smile. Say, I'm glad to be in the house. This psalmist says, I, am, I was glad when they said to me, let us, everyone say us, let us go to the house of the Lord. We are never meant to come to the house of God alone. We are meant to be bringers of people into the house of God. And I have found one of the greatest joys in my life and how I can really help build our church and the vision is to actually be prayerfully including people and bringing them to the house of God. I remember the first time, about a year into getting saved, I brought someone to church. I was so nervous. They, they were crazy and they thought I was a part of a cult. But I said, mate, come to church. I, like he noticed such a change in my life. And I said, I just want you to come. It's great. People are awesome. It's not like, you know, there's not going to be a priest with a pew or like, it's going to be good. And he comes and we, we're praising and it's fun. Anyway, he thinks I'm a nut. But at the end of the service, he puts his hand up and gave his life to Christ. And I got to tell you, as a Christian, that was one of the most fulfilling moments in my Christianity. I, you know, it, we don't always have to be the one. Some of us are gifted as evangelists, like Vine and, and you know, and Christian standing. And then there's, there's a, people are called to be evangelists, but you know, what we all can do is be a soul winner. What is it? And then the Bible says to Timothy, be ready in and out of season to preach the gospel. What does that mean for us? We can bring our unsaved friends and family to church. And I believe this, that the number one way you and I will see uh, us uh, see hundreds of people come to Christ, it won't be because there's a great preacher. It won't be because we have a great building, even though they help. It won't be because we have awesome marketing. The number one way we're going to see so many people come to Christ and the move of God in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne is if the church, which is you and me, we bring people to the house of God. Amen? And as I finish here, my last question is, what is your part in the vision? What is your part in the vision? I believe if this is home for you, as it is for me, I get this picture. Um, I, I've never sewn anything in my life. You know, like when beautiful grandmas and they, what's that called? Crocheting? Yeah, Jack, do you crochet? Yeah, I thought so. Uh, so when Jack's crocheting me a sweater, and he's, he's what, I, I, I'm just making this up as I go, but I believe that they're knitting, you know, something together that forms a bond. And the day you made our church home, it was a, it was a special day when Jesus Christ himself knitted you into our story. He knitted you into the family. He, it was a miraculous moment where you became part of the ecclesia, the church, the called out ones. And my encouragement is that that was a supernatural moment. And your alignment will determine your assignment. See, when you and I, we, we get knitted by God, we're called to be part of this great vision. Our vision is to see lives transformed. And I gotta tell you, just a quick side note as I'm, I'm coming to an end, that I see for us that the greatest amount of people we are gonna see come and accept Jesus as their personal Saviour, the greatest amount is ahead. And it might be one at a service right now, which is a miracle, but there, we will blink, friends. 
platforms. I'm telling you right now, and we will have 10 people coming to Christ every service. Then it'll go to 20. Then it'll go to 30, and we'll have multiple services. We'll be planting camp. I'm telling you, our greatest days are ahead of what God's called us to do together to see lives transform. But how are we going to accomplish that? Well, as I land there, I want to encourage us, we will only accomplish the vision together if each of us, every strand of, of crochet material plays their part in the vision. I unapologetically say this to people. We need you. We need your gifts. We need your calling. God called you to be part of us because we actually need you. And when people are maybe for whatever reason feel that they're, they're, not, they're not needed or they're not part of the team or serving or using your gifts, can I tell you, as a church, we actually are missing out because we need everyone playing their part in the vision. And I, I unapologetically say that because I know as you and I do what God's called us to do, it is the most fulfilled we'll ever be in our personal world. Yeah. And I, I look back at the faithfulness of God and what He's done here. Do you know you're sitting in a miracle today? We're not even three years old as a church and we've still to this day had more as a location. Sorry, we've had more services online than in person. We launched and had one more service and then went into a nine-month lockdown. And, and I'm telling you, do you want to know why we are where we are today? It's because of people like Ash Owen who, come on, it's because of people like Ash Owen she came to our church on our first ever service uh, outside of our home um, because she thought it was a cult when it was in our home, apparently. But anyway, we come out of our home. We meet in this Karolika Center. Ash comes. She comes to our connect group that week, and, and she hears God that this is to become home with her amazing family, who I'm going to get to. And guess what? Ash started singing on the worship team about two weeks later. And finally, it wasn't just Jai, you know, playing the drums and the trumpet and the guitar and, the, and then running out to take photos of you know, like we had a one-man band and Jai is phenomenal, by the way. He did a great job. But we're here today because of people like Ash, of people like John and Nikki Owen. Oh, man, I love these guys. I have, a, I have a distinct memory. It's so emotional for me of these guys. They were coming in and they just strayed away. They, they had so much experience, and, but they just came with the most humble heart. And I remember a conversation where they said, Dan, you know, how can we serve? I remember Nikki uh, helping me clean up the coffee machine after us. Like, these guys are just the best people on the planet. But what happened was God nipped them into our family. We needed them in that season. And we are here today because of so, and there's so many others I don't have time to mention. But we're a product today of someone in the past saying yes to Jesus. And I want to ask you, what's your part to play? Just like John and Nikki and, and Ash and... Ben and Emily and Steve and Zoe, like these people came in and they came to serve. They said, where's my part in the vision, God? And they got involved. They discovered their destiny. And now we are here today because of people like them. The people we haven't reached yet will one day say thank you to you and to me if we, as, as we play our part in this vision. Oh, I didn't have time to get that scripture. We are the body of Christ together, Paul teaches us in 1 Corinthians. And we're a body. We need a head. We need a kneecap. We need a, you know, we need you. I, whatever part of the body God's called you to be in, we need you. Paul said, what, what's the point of having a body if we don't have both our feet? 
Our church will be limping if we don't have you and your part to play because God has called us together as the body of Christ. Amen. Can I just pray as we finish? Precious Holy Spirit, I thank you for the Word of God. I thank you that your Word remains true in every season. And that as we plant ourselves in the house of God, I prophesy right now over everyone in this room, as they do this, Lord, that they would flourish. Their family would flourish. Their children would flourish. Their prodigals would come home. Their finances and their careers and calling would be blessed. And Lord, I ask right now, we all do a heart check in your presence. What is one step you want us to take out of today to be more planted. For some of us, it is to love people. That's a great next step for you, just to begin loving those five people that God puts on your heart. Maybe for some of us here today, it's in the presence of God. There's, there's somebody He's placing in your heart right now who does not know Jesus. And the Lord is calling you in this moment to be a bringer to the house of God, to go the bold and invite them to church. Or maybe lastly, you're not on our, on our team. You're not using your, your gifts and talents right now that God's given you to, to serve in the house. And, and this is a no pressure thing, but maybe that God is speaking to you today, that today is the day to, to start being part of the vision in a new way. And maybe for you, that's joining a team or it's helping in the middle of the week or becoming a connector, whatever that is for you, let the Lord speak. And Jesus, together, we pray that as you speak, we will be obedient. We trust you. We follow you. And I pray that the same faithfulness you have shown me and Ebony, I speak over these amazing people. You will show them. You are faithful to the faithful. And together, Lord, we prophesy and declare a move of God in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne and on the Sunshine Coast that as we do this together, Lord, that the vision of seeing lives transformed, of seeing people who right now are far from You, who right now are waking up hungover, who right now are waking up on the, on the brink of divorce and their children and, and, and are so far from You, struggling with anxiety and with depression. Lord, right now as a church, we pray for them. Lord, bring them into the house of God. And we prophesy that this building would be filled to overflowing of people coming to know Jesus Christ. Lord, we are willing to make the sacrifice of whatever you need us to do to be a part of this. The Lord, we would see our greatest days ahead. And Jesus Christ, you would move powerfully in C3 Powerhouse across all our locations.